Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Sober Sisters Talk. I'm MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pugwell, and we do welcome you. We just want to remind you that Sober Sisters Talk is a podcast, and it is designed for um, MG and I to share with you uh, how we take our programs um, out into the world and stay sober. Um, it's real easy to be sober inside a meeting when you're talking to your sponsor and on the phone with them, but to actually go out and deal with it, um, as we can attest to, it's a little more challenging and we just want to bring our experience to you in that straightforward way. And I like to say that, you know, I don't know how to keep anybody sober. I just know what works for me. And one of the things that works for me is doing this podcast with my sponsor, Elizabeth. It's been a great added tool uh, I also have about four active sponsees, and uh, I don't go to as many meetings as I used to go to in the past, and mainly right now in my life because of some health issues, and that's just I don't want to uh, be around people who are sick, so I just feel like my immune system is a little compromised, but I'm getting back out there, I'm feeling strong, I'm ready to go, and I'm so happy that you're joining us today. And I have a topic around acceptance. Do you want to talk about acceptance, Elizabeth? I do. I can't wait to do this. And I'm going to read from page 417 of the Big Books of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm going to read about um, two pages. And don't worry, I read very well. So if somebody's like, oh, God, I can't stand it when they're going to read something, don't worry, you'll be fine. Page 417 is the second paragraph. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Until I accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay. I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. And then he goes on to talk about Shakespeare, which I think is fantastic that in um, the big book that they talk about Shakespeare... When I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. And then over to the second paragraph. Is there a problem with that? (laughs) (laughs) God, you're not doing it right. So anyway, but that's good. That's good enough. Because the situation that has come up for me is around this woman that I have to deal with professionally. And I'm a bookkeeper and for a small company, and every year I have to deal with our CPA, who is um, very critical of my bookkeeping and kind of histrionic and doesn't communicate well, and yells at me. She'll actually yell at me on the phone, Melody, you cannot do that. You cannot go with just 2015. And so she's right. <laughs> That's part of this whole conundrum is that she's correct, but you know, to my, you know, I'm learning this career and I'm learning this job, and so um, I, I've had to deal with her for two years. This is going to be year number three, 
really, that I've had to deal with her. And it was a trauma, pretty much, when she called on Wednesday and said, um, you know, Melody, I need to start getting these reports from you. And I'd had this brilliant idea where I could just copy the QuickBook files to a thumb drive and just send her the, send her the files so that she can look up all this stuff herself, that she doesn't have to question me or ask me anything. She'll have, she can pull all her reports and do whatever she needs. Well, she's not on the same version, so I wasn't going to be able to do that. And so I was going through all this stuff on Wednesday thinking about, oh my God, here it is, it's going to start again, and she's going to be doing this, doing that. And I had such a trauma around it last year that I really got caught up, and I started working on the project, and I forgot to run payroll, which is a big deal because it's direct deposit. And if I don't get it in two days before the 15th, Nobody's going to get paid. I'll have to cut checks. And people who have direct deposit into their bank and they're trying to cover bill, it's a big deal. I realized that when I came home. And so I thought, wait a second, how late do I have? And I found online that I have until 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I got in my car and I ran back to work and I got the payroll done. And so everything was okay. But I left there and I said to myself, Melody, you got to get your head straight around this CPA. You got to change your shit because it's already begun to affect your world. You're not focusing on what you need to focus. You're getting emotionally caught up in all this trauma. You got to do it differently. So, you know, that's when I thought, you know, acceptance is the key. And I've been trying to get a new job, readers and listeners. I've been trying to like get a new job specifically so I don't have to deal with this woman. And I think it's divine that God has said, no, no, you've got a little bit more work to do at this company before I let you go, which is I've got to come to acceptance around the CPA. So that's what I have today around this. And my mindset, my solution around all of this is to be easy with myself around it, to be have some humor around it. And I was able to joke a little bit but, but, but with the partner of our law firm. And I said, you know, I'm trying to like do it perfectly for our CPA. And he was like, well, good luck with that. And we kind of laughed a little bit about it. And I'm just going to not avoid it because for me, I just want to run, you know, F-E-A-R, fear is forget everything and run. You know, that's what I want to do. So I have to say that, you know, the first three reports that she wanted, I was able to get accomplished today. And she's not going to fuss at me because I put explanations as to why they're different from what I gave her back in August. And I'm just going to try to be proactive and just, you know, go through all of this and to not have this emotional attachment. Because the truth is, Elizabeth, it's not my company. And the truth is, is that even though she has yelled at me in the past I told her last year, like August of last year, and I'm like, so I'm feeling good about it, but it waylaid me. Wednesday, I was in a bad place. 
So what do you think? So, okay, well, listening to you, first of all, um, this is a pretty high-class problem to have. (laughs) Because, I mean, if you think about it and, like, where we were, you know, when we came in here, dealing with whatever we're dealing with. Yes. As opposed to this. Yes, yes. You know, this is a really good problem to have. Correct. Because you've evolved. You have this self-awareness. You're like... You know, dealing with a bully, basically, you know, at work. And they're very common. And there's a reason why there's bullies at work. It's, you know, people are threatened. You know, that's what it sounds like to me. Like, you know, so she... I also um, can relate to and empathize so much with um, your, your stance and felt myself... Like, I have a couple of situations going on. One is um you know some people in my life that I'm dealing with that I want to bully and I want to you know wow you can't do it this way you need to do it this way this is the right way and that's not going to serve me and thank god I do have the self-awareness that I have evolved to the point where I can say like I don't want to do that I know that's not going to serve me that's not going to Give me the result that I want. Nobody wants to be told what to do, how to do something. Nobody likes a correction. Nobody. And it doesn't feel good. And when I have to, and what I can do with what you're, what you're going through is number one, learn that, you know, if somebody is behaving that way, it says a lot more about them than it does about you. And so whatever her situation is, who knows why she is the way she is? You yeah, know? I, I I have no interest in changing her except that she doesn't get to speak to me inappropriately. I want to change her. I want to make her act right. And that's what I notice when you're talking. Like, I feel like this, like, um, like I want to, like my my default is to, or you, you know, to fix her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and in the other situations that we were talking about earlier, I want to... You know, fix that. I want to, but that's not, I'm not God. Well, and, but here's the deal. The positive about that, and we talked about it earlier, is that because of recovery, we know that we can go into action. And, you know, they've talked about that a lot. There's a lot of it in like the Al-Anon text and also in AA, you know, into action where we can go to a meeting, where we can call somebody, where we can like do all these things to help prevent us from acting out. And so we know that. We know that taking an action can, can be a helpful thing. But in, And I think that that's like, if you're talking about like, you know, my problem is like a, a high-class problem, it's like the that's uh, good, but the higher work for me is to take no action. When it's like, just shut up. I don't need to, like, throw uh, gasoline on this fire. I need to, like, relax, and I need to really think about it objectively. And, you know, but it's a mind game for me. And ultimately, I'm putting things into play so that I won't have to continue to deal with this person. But I think that the reason why God hasn't moved me out of this situation so I can create more concrete solutions about exactly why it bugs me and how I can um, 
keep my attitude good and positive in this bad situation and ultimately have a successful um, end for myself and for the company. And, you know, something else I was going to offer is there is some action you can take, but it's all introspective. It's all for you, not at her. Correct. Um, One of the things that, you know, I like to do in situations like this, and this applies to my stuff as well, is to sort of like look down at myself and figure out how do I want to respond to this? How do I want to see myself? So if you were going to look at, watch this from the outside, how do you want to see MG interacting with this woman? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. The ideal evolved you. Mm-hmm. And how do you want that to, what do you want that to look like? It helps to write it, mm-hmm. to put pen to paper mm-hmm. and to really, you know, and I've done that with several situations, you know, when I wanted to ask my boss for a raise, I, you know, I had to write it out, like what I wanted it to look like, you know, so that I appeared, um, I wanted to be self-assured and I wanted to feel, exude some confidence and that I had knowledge, that I'd done some research and that I was worthy and deserving of what I was asking for mm-hmm. and that I wasn't fearful. And right. so those were that I had courage. So I wrote it out and what I look like at doing this and how I approached her and, you know, so that I would do it and that I would have that, that conversation with her. Mm. So I, I do think that like it, it helps to kind of mm. like, Look down at the situation. What do you, what do you, if you were looking down and watching this, what does MG do? How does she respond? You know? Well, I feel like last year I did respond the way that I felt was appropriate when she kept badgering me. And especially in the tone of the email, it was just, you know, when she would call me on the phone and then I said, I cannot speak to you on the phone. We're going to have to correspond via email because. I don't understand what you're saying to me. So perhaps if you put it in an email, it will be better for me. So I felt like I really did a good job last year, really speaking my voice, communicating clearly with her, the limitations and the struggles that I was having. And offering a solution. And offering a solution. And she didn't honor that boundary. She would call me and I would have to repeat to her, I'm like, again... I can't understand what you're saying to me. I don't understand what what the issue is. Please send me an email so I can look at it and think about it. So I had to continue to do a broken record with this person for a while until we finally got through it. And then, um, and what I would do is a lot of deep breathing, but it just, it was like, I I feel like a little bit of a trauma. And that's why when it resurrected again, I kind of lost my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's starting again. And that is giving like too much imp- uh-huh. importance to it. Right. You know, to like, her. Right. Like, this thing She's is happening. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, I, and I've even been aware of that, that this is a trigger for me, family of origin. So for me looking down at myself, I want to see myself continue to stay in my functional adult. I want to continue to see me not be triggered. That's what I want to see. That I'm responding to her from a place of poise, uh, from a relaxed place, that I know that I'm going to get it done. I know it's going to be fine. And then what I decided to do, because um, to our listeners, 
you know, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. And so when I got these books that have been this way for 13 years, there is, there's, there was so much stuff wrong that I wanted to go back and make it all right. I wanted to go back to the bake statements from the get-go, from 2009, and make sure all the bank statements were correct and good. And so part of my lesson is, I gotta let that shit go. Mm -hmm. I cannot be so fastidious about my perfectionism because it causes problems. It's not serving me. So let it go, make an adjustment, a one-line adjustment that corrects all of it and like go forward. And I think that that's a great metaphor for my life is not to get so hung up in the past Mm -hmm. and to let it go and just to do my best going forward. And I also feel like I want to deal with her the way that I deal with most of the people I have to interact with is in a professional, easygoing, kind of fun way, pleasant, appropriate professional. I heard this thing, I read this thing a long time ago, Um, I was, this was years ago, I was going into work every day, morning, how are you? And there was this guy that worked on the copy desk, old grouchy curmudgeon, ah, so it is, huh? Every morning he responded to me that way. I love this guy, I love this character, I could just see him hunched over his desk. Yes, exactly, ah, so you say, every... (laughs) You know, never it's like, good morning, Elizabeth. You know, it's good to see you. Or No. Every morning. And I stopped. And then I read this thing where it says, don't let other people stop you from being yourself. And, you know, that's kind of what she's doing is she's stopping you from being yourself. Right. And so you're sending your little girl in to deal with her, which is scary. Right. And it... You, you have to lead with your adult with her. Right. You know, and if you need to make adjustments before, you know, you talk to her on the phone or whatever, you know, put the little girl like, look, I'm going to handle this. I'm an adult. I know what to do. She's not, she doesn't have power over us. I'm going to handle her. You don't have to, you know, that stuff really helps for me. That, that really helps me to like, yeah. and maybe that's that part that, you know, with the dating stuff, I was talking about you, before that I need to do like I'm an adult here you know I can handle this you know well and I also noticed today that I um, started I'm being really good about uh, knowing that I need to take a break emotionally so when I was looking at this one account that has always given me problems I was looking at it And I realized, and she had told me last year, don't make any more changes. Don't go back in the past and make any more changes. And I was trying to reconcile this one account, this one credit card account. And I remember I did go back and I made those changes. And so when I ran the report today, I realized that credit card didn't match what I'd sent her back in August. And I was like, oh my God, she's going to have a fit. And I was like, take a break right now. Stop what you're doing. So I stopped, I drank some water, I went up and, you know, uh, took a break. Five minutes, came back, and I was like, you can fix it. And so I, like, you know, was able to think of a creative solution on how to fix it so that it matched what the books were. 
And uh, so I just took a break and I was like, I found the solution and I was just like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to work through it. But the minute I start thinking, oh, she's going to be so mad. She's going to be so upset about that. You need to remove yourself. Stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop it. I'm going down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be that way. I don't. It's like what I learned in SLAA is I don't want to hand over my power to another person. And here I am doing it with this bossy woman well and the other lesson here is is that this stuff shows up in all of our relationships not just the romantic ones you know we find it in our familiar relationships in our friendships in our work relationships in everything in our neighbors you know it shows up in everything right and you may hear construction on this podcast and I have to say that acceptance is the key about construction my neighbors are putting up a beautiful brand new fence that's going to totally block all of my light into my apartment. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, acceptance and, is the key to all my problems And they right are now. sawing and, and drilling and making noise. So there you go. And there might be nails in the driveway. I might get a, you know, nail in my tire and... <laughs> All those things, you know? And so I just have to be to this place of acceptance because I am done with trying to, you know, rail against the world and try to get people to get them to do it my way, which, P.S., is probably the best, but, you know. (laughs) I'm right. So I just wanted to mention, you know, before we end, that if you're struggling in uh, an addictive relationship, know that you can't change that person nothing you do say Mm -hmm. where be is not going to change that person they are who they are and that is like i had to like really get really clear with that when i first started getting sober and to realize that the person that i was involved with i didn't want him because he was never going to change and the way that he was was not it doesn't work and that is showing up again now as I'm mm-hmm. dating. There's a lot of men that I'm going on dates with that have certain aspects of them that is not going to work for me. And so I just have to accept that and move on. I'm not going to try and change somebody. It's pointless. It's pointless. You know, I think about, I have an alcoholic family member and I think, you know, I can't even stop drinking Diet Coke. Gonna get them to stop drinking alcohol, you know. I've got to focus on me, and I want to end it by uh, reading the last paragraph on page four twenty. Hey, four twenty. Acceptance is actually the second to the last paragraph. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done. And I leave the results up to him. However it turns out, that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA! Oh my goodness. Thank God for all 12 steps. Absolutely. For all the programs, and they all work if you work them. That's and right. It works for me. 
Thank you. Thank you. This Thank you, good. listeners. Thanks for being there. It is like MG said in the beginning, this is, you know, it certainly is helpful to me. Um, when I first got here, I had a couple of situations that were really um, creating some havoc in my head, and I had the opportunity to get them out and talk about them and then get some solution, acceptance, and exactly how to do that acceptance. And, you know, I think that, you know, one of the solutions is to back away, look at yourself. And what do you, if you are going to look at yourself looking down at how do you want to respond to this? How do you want to act with this? Knowing that you can't change the other person. And another thing that we did is we talked it out. We reasoned things out with one another. Right. Another. You know, find someone that you trust that can hear you and listen to you and that you can speak and speak your truth to other people. I think that's one of the most brilliant things about recovery is it's it's a we program. But you do have to find somebody who may tell you what you don't want to hear. Because I know when I was first starting out, I would look for people who would tell me what I wanted to hear, you know. Maybe if I told that person, they'll tell me I can call him, you know. Right. So, yeah. you know, you do have to know yourself well enough, but... I do appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I appreciate you, listener. And remember, we have a website, www.sobersisterstalk.com. And we also have a Facebook page. So if you go on Facebook, just Google or just type in Sober Sisters Talk and you'll find us. And you can send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Your questions, comments. You can post it on Facebook as well. You can find all of our episodes either there or on our on our website. And uh, if you have a suggestion, question, topic, we'd love to hear it. Thank you. Thank you.